to Tuning Fork, the show where every episode we arrest Wayne Coyne, lock him in the noise space water tower, he breaks loose, and wacky shenanigans ensue. <laughs> okay. I mean, and uh, coming up after this, don't miss Freakazoid starring Dan Deacon. Good God. <laughs> um, it's also a show about music and the Pitchfork Media Hype Machine. I'm David. I'm Matt. And we have a guest today. I'm Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi. Hello, Alex. Hi, everyone. You, you brought us all together to discuss something which is, I think, a favorite album of all of us. Um, so how many <sighs> minutes in uh, did it take everyone to realize they made a terrible mistake? Um, I'm looking at the Genius page right now, and I just remembered what the first line is. So that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, when, I, when I heard that line, I was like... Okay, this is how this is going up. Let's let's buckle in. I think I I let out like a let's... really profound ha, and I thought, oh, this is going to be fun. It's going to be quirky, and then it just got really boring. Yeah, it it does kind of dip in the middle. Uh, we're we're talking about, uh, of course, the classic album Lulu uh, by Lou Reed and Metallica, uh, a match made in heaven, to be sure. Yeah. I... <laughs> the thing is, while I was listening to this, I understood why the pairing happened. Mm. Like it's like it's clear what Lou Reed was going for. Is it? Tim I well, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's not clear exactly what he was going for, but I get what he was going for. He wanted something, you know, heavier to work with. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. successful it was. <laughs> I didn't actually know what the what the source material was for this album the first time I listened through it. So I thought this was all just coming from his own brain with no prompting whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the resident idiot this episode. I don't know anything <laughs> about where it came from. So if you got anything, uh, if you got can, those insights, I can explain yeah. a little bit. So, um, it's based off of like two plays by German playwright, Frank Vedekind. I believe it's probably pronounced better um but he's the guy who wrote spring awakening if anyone's familiar with that okay okay the play not the musical um and i'm only really familiar with spring awakening like i've I've done a couple of scenes from it and like i've read the whole thing um and he's sort of known for like being very dark and see i'm only familiar with spring awakening the musical how is like how does that compare to the original play? So, like, in the original play, there's, like, a lot of sexual assault. And, like, I think the character's pretty young. They're, like, 14. Um, someone kills themselves. Like, it's, all, it's it's taken a bit more seriously, I think. I haven't seen the musical. but The musical um, had a lot of weird tonal problems where there was, yeah. like... I mean, where, like, a lot of serious stuff is played in a musical format in a way that seems way too jaunty for the material. So I think a lot of that does carry through to the musical. It's been a couple of years since I've seen mm. it. So, but it's like, really... um, jaunty is a great word to describe <laughs> the uh, musical content of this album as well. Yeah, But yeah, it's, it's so very jaunty. He's no small town girl. Oh. <laughs> We're going to get a lot of impressions in this episode, but <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So... yeah. That's my James Hetfield for the entirety of the first song. <laughs> He's yeah. So the playwright is known for like very dark sexual stuff, and then Lulu the plays um, are about like a a girl who is a stripper, and then apparently like a social climber, and then she falls into prostitution, and it's and she meets Jack the Ripper. Um, a lot of stuff happens. 
to poor Lulu. This does seem like Lou Reed kind of material. Yeah. It does. <laughs> oh, German uh, sex. He loves that high concept <laughs> shit. German sex and like, you know, almost like chasery narratives of people in different social situations than him. He's, well, I guess it's like kind of like almost like a social voyeurism is like Lou Reed's whole shtick. I mean, I think that's a good his word other shtick is like just being a little little pervert man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just reading like weird porn and jerking off in a corner. Like, and then shooting up heroin. You're like, okay, Lou Reed's uh, maybe not the guy I'd want to hang out with, but his music's... The, interesting the founding principles of the velvet underground right there yeah. <laughs> jerk off in a corner and shoot heroin mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh so yeah I, I mean we'll get into it i feel like maybe a couple of songs uh the lyrics quote unquote kind of blended between like the play that it's based off and then i kind of felt like it was lou reed being a bit personal Okay. Yeah, I did get a little bit of that, at least towards the end of the album. Yeah. All right. Um, do we have anything else to say about Lou Reed or Metallica before we uh, get started going um, through the songs? I guess I should clarify that I am a fan of both of them. Like, I think maybe I actually like Metallica a little bit more than Lou Reed. Uh, sure. Just because... And I want to say yeah. that I downloaded this album on my favorite torrent site to stick it to James Hetfield personally. Oh, yeah. Don't <laughs> buy this shit. <laughs> Just torrent it to make them madder. I mean, they're, they're rich. They're really, really rich. And Lou Reed is dead, so what's he going to do? Torrenting music is actually what And Justice For All the album is about. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to And Justice For All to sort of... Like, I listen to a lot of Metallica and a bit of Lou Reed to kind of be like, okay, so what's them at their best? What, where are they? Where are we in, in the scheme of things? And listening to one, I, my wig flew to China. I'm currently bald. It's probably one of the best metal songs there is. Like, it's really good. And it is really good. I remember having that thought when I played it on Guitar uh, Hero Three. I think Guitar Hero Three for the first time. <laughs> yes. I no, I have like a specific memory of um, that level in hell with like the sexy demon yeah. girls like grinding, dancing to um, <laughs> to this like horrible lyrics of like being blind and deaf and mute and uh, yeah. So I always think of sexy demons when I listen to Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> my my Nintendo Wii was never the same after that. God, <laughs> don't like that. And yeah, I remember <laughs> being a, a young teenager and crying to the Velvet Underground. So I do respect both musicians, and I really wanted to see what happened. And like the reason I picked this was because I think it came out like just before I kind of started listening to the Velvet Underground was first. Um. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, I know who both of these bands are, and they're really good, so why would this album be bad? And now I know. It only took me, like, (laughs) ten years. (laughs) Yeah, that's how long, like, this whole podcast has been just, like, a ten-year gestation to get your thoughts about this album out. We've been, (laughs) uh, it's been forming it all, it was incepted into each of our brains when the album came out, and uh, we've just been letting it stew 
Yeah. That said, I listened to the album yesterday, and I think I fell asleep during it uh, during the long song, because um, I woke up and there was no music playing. <laughs> so I might have uh, lost the last bit of it. Junior Dad is a good title, though. It's very funny. It is. <laughs> it kind of sounds like a math rock title. It's... It sounds like a math rock band name. It sounds like um, a Nickelodeon sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to get slimed by the end of this album. Oof. And I don't think it's Lou Reed. <laughs> Lou Reed is absolutely doing the sliming. We've been talking about his cum this whole time. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't want to think about his cum. Because like, I doesn't taste of anything. I, Lou Reed strikes me as someone who doesn't eat. So no. it doesn't have any flavor. It's just <laughs> water. No, he just he just comes Nickelodeon slime. <laughs> Gack. <laughs> He comes Gak, yeah. Oh, okay. Can we get into this so we can stop talking about cum? I know yes. I know I'm on the show, I know that's my expertise, but <laughs> <laughs> So the pitchfork review of this album famously got a one point zero out of ten. Mm. And uh they they really talk about the whole experience of this album being announced all the way through you know, the first song being released to the public and everyone going, what the shit is this? <laughs> well, d- do we not, lest we forget the the great meme of, I am the table. <laughs> God, I had actually forgotten about that. That is one thing I do remember is him saying, I am the table. <laughs> well, I used to watch a lot of Botchamania and that, clip would come up every time someone brought up a table <laughs> it didn't <laughs> <laughs> table grab rush and put a little table <laughs> bar say the thing <laughs> so yeah this uh this review i think we we established that pitchfork scores are editorial uh where the whole staff gets to weigh in uh, but the review itself is written by one person. But I think the score pretty much matches up to uh, to the to the text of this review. I mean, the text of this review implies that the reviewer would have given it a zero if he could. Yeah, this would have been a, a monkey pissing in its own mouth. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> but the mo- I, I think there was probably like some like you know Metallica Georg at the Pitchfork office. Yeah, who mm. who rated it like a nine point two? Well, that's Alex's score. You're an outlier and should not be counted. <laughs> well, okay, so there is. That's the thing, though. So I was reading the comments. I listened to this on YouTube. Don't be mad at me. Um, so I was reading the comments and I was, you know, watching a couple of interviews, and this sort of census is like Metallica fans hated it, but Lou Reed fans quite liked it. So I, maybe it was a, it was probably a Lou Reed head. I mean, think of the people that work at Pitchfork. Yeah, that's fair. And and Lou Reed basically he he carved out a very specific su- a set of fans for himself oh. just by doing all of the incredibly weird and avant garde shit he oh, did. Oh, just by like actively repelling everyone else. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> This is this is repellent. It, the, the word repellent appears in the review multiple times. Yeah, this is like someone. This is fucking Gigi Allen. Um, Seemed to mock <laughs> both artists' most forgiving fans for even clicking on the link. Someone who actively <laughs> despises you. 
I've <laughs> that is one of the lyrics. I've had that line stuck in my head like this entire week, and the I, way he just atonally sings that line <laughs> was driving me nuts. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't sing anything. He yeah. Okay, singing is a very generous yeah. word. It also like it's. Right. It's just it's um it's tonally dissonant with the guitars behind it, which is like most of the album. Um, yeah. Is that he? I think there's like one song where it kind of works, and we'll get there when we get there. But mm-hmm. no, that line, not not at all. <laughs> so should we start uh, going through the songs then? Hell yeah, dude! Why not? All right, let's start with Brandon Burke Gate. So, this is what starts with the the lyric uh, that we were talking about. Um, where we all realized what the tone of this album was going to be. Let's see. I would cut my legs and tits off when I think of Boris Karloff and Kinski in the dark of the moon. It made me dream of Nosferatu trapped on the Isle of Dr. Moreau. Oh, wouldn't it be lovely? And then, small town girl. (laughs) Yeah. James Hetfield comes in and is, you know, he's James Hetfield. This is this is his normal style of performance. He's a large and in charge kind of guy, but he's he's relegated to backing vocals. Yeah, here. he's a Chad. <laughs> this is the Virgin Lee Reed and the Chad James Hatfield, but <laughs> I did actually put Virgin and Chad in my notes later for the album, so so I think we're we're on the same page here. Well, there's something about James Hetfield singing the words small town girl that just it just feels so wrong well I can't imagine him being a girl from a small town um this man screaming like okay here's the thing so he can I'm gonna put sing I'm not saying he's the best singer but like if you listen to um nothing else matters like he is you know, yeah, yeah. He's trying. Um, so James yeah. Hetfield is ca- is capable of notes being formed with his voice he's cap- that match <laughs> the guitars behind the voice. He is capable of yeah. not metal screaming, singing the whole time. He can he can do that, and it's like, yes. why didn't he for? at least some of the songs why didn't you i mean if you're gonna have he's not a back he's not a background singer he's not he's just no. not he's a lead um and that's fine but i do question the decision to have him in the background of the songs because uh, this is what happens when the chads let the virgin sing yeah i mean that's the vibe is i really do feel like james hepfo is gonna come in and beat up like lou reed <laughs> He's just gonna take this decrepit old man and just knock him to the ground. <laughs> yeah, and I think you're from like fifty or something. <laughs> like Th- this song specifically, I think, sounds the most like they recorded the whole song. They sent it off to like Lou Reed on like a floppy diskette. He loaded it up on his his office computer and 
just kind of recorded himself over the top okay, of it. Okay. Yeah, he just did on, some like, freeform scat. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. This is the wildest thing to me. So the whole album, it seems like they recorded it in the same room, which it, just, which I, it doesn't sound how? like that. <laughs> it doesn't, no. <laughs> This Apparently they met at like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, and like which like that makes sense. Again, like the article does say this that like it makes they do have a lot in common. It makes sense that they would bond. Um it doesn't make sense sonically. Yeah. And right. yeah, I think my biggest the biggest gripe is that it does sound like we did a, a Farrah Abram and like uh Lou Reed didn't hear the music and Metallica didn't hear this, <laughs> the lyrics <laughs> and they both just smashed together but like that's not what happened apparently they had a mostly harmonious like recording session um yeah and you wonder apart from one time I'm, where- not, I'm not as I'm not as familiar with uh with Metallica's music other than like my mom and stepdad playing it as I was growing up but like one thing I did notice is that the engineering on this album rules. Like, mm. all, like, the... It, like, the way that it's mixed together, obviously, is very dissonant, but, like, all the drums sound really good, and all the guitars sound really good, and everything seems like... Like, the like the floor toms at the start of the tracks, like, like pounding, like, that was a good sound. I don't know if it's just because I have really good headphones, but... This well, en- this album? Yeah, the production sounds a lot better than actually some Metallica albums yeah, sound. We'll get to yeah, one I, I, song, I, I, which I think is unlistenable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this is well-made. It is it's a well-made album. It's just not pleasant. And I've... I feel like that's, what, that's, that's kind of what makes, like, famously bad albums more, like memorable is when there's clearly a lot of love and effort put into them yeah yeah because that's like i feel like 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 uh, like the fair abraham album which was just mentioned like that album it's for all of how bad it is it clearly had a lot put into it i mean not a lot of talent <laughs> in that case but it had a lot of effort put into it yes there's a difference and i will i will give farrah an a for effort for pretty much everything she's ever done yeah but yeah i don't really have much to say about this song like it started off like haha this is fun and then i eventually kind of realized that like oh this song makes me feel like i'm going crazy because it's just the same <laughs> thing over and over again like once well it's like the the way that the small town girls are interspersed within lou reed's ranting was absolutely infuriating also this is the shortest song on the album at a crisp four minutes and 20 seconds nice so one thing i really hate is when i can hear like two things at the same time so say i'm watching something and then someone in another room is watching something um kind of makes me feel like i'm gonna you know lose it i can't deal with two things happening at once and this album is just all that (laughs) it's all that (laughs) that's a good way to put it yeah it's yeah it's like your granddad your grandpa is in the living room uh going on a rant and then your brother is downstairs smoking weed and listening to music too loud Mm mm-hmm and it's, it's like walking through Dundas Square in Toronto when the street preachers are out, but then there's also a guy doing bucket drumming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is a thing I actually have a video of on YouTube because it was so weird and dissonant. At my college campus, uh, 
there there was a uh there was a musician like a a bus a busker who had been you know hanging out on this campus for probably like 10 years already by the time i started going there and he would effectively do like uh duels with the evangelical preachers that would wander around the campus and he would just try to like play his guitar loud to drown out them <laughs> talking about how gay people are bad it's like that one uh the one brooklyn 99 interrogation scene where andy sandberg's just strumming the guitar and screaming just exactly ah! <laughs> Do you know that the, the the highest place where this album charted are the Czech Republic and Croatia? They peaked at number four. That makes sense somehow. I don't know why. That just adds up to <laughs> it me. It does though, right? Yeah. I don't know enough about Croatia to dispute it. I just Czech Republic. Didn't you say the Czech Republic? Yeah. Okay. And Croatia. Oh. It was both. Oh, I thought you said Korea. <laughs> no, not Korea. Not Korea. Korea. It did not chart apparently. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it did in Japan. It got to number 14 in Japan. It, it definitely would have tried wow. in Japan. <laughs> so let's move on to the... I am all this! I am the root! The progress! The aggressor! I am the table! I am the ten stories! I am the table! show starring Megan McCain. My father. Yeah, the song's just about <laughs> Megan McCain, right? My father. Um so yeah, this was the this was the I am the table song. Uh it's also the <laughs> only one that got yes. a music video, which did any of you watch? Yep. I didn't. Uh, I also didn't. Okay, so it was directed by Darren Aronofsky. And, oh god. And I was like, okay, well maybe this will be interesting at least. And it's not. <laughs> it's it's just like it's sort of between Lou Reed and James Hetfield, like, singing, and then there's, like, a filter. You can see them. And it's just, like, they're in the studio. There's no art direction really taken. It's so boring. The fact that, like, oh, okay, we're going to do a joint album. It's going to be about this blooming German playwright from the 20th century. It's going to be really interesting. What should our one music video be like? Oh, I don't know. What if they just filmed us in the studio? Please like, look at the image I posted in episode planning. I'm looking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. I he is the table. I hate that beard. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. I hate and, it. and I guess I, I understand what he means by I am the table by all the words around it. Yeah, I hate because his his beard is the table. You could you could put like your whole dinner on top of that. Uh, his Skyrim default. Oh, beard. it's like the it's the it's the gif of the guy eating ramen out of the beard. Uh. Uh. He looks like a, <laughs> he, yeah. He looks like a blacksmith in Skyrim. <laughs> he looks like the the race of old in Skyrim that they made because they didn't have aging, so all old people were just a race called elders. That's what James Hetfield is. <laughs> so yeah, um. I actually i i didn't hate this song. I thought it was it was the first one. Where yeah. I, um. You know, I thought, okay, well, yeah, this this is cohesive, at least mostly. Yeah, this is one of the two where I'm like, I kind of get it. 
I understand the, what they were the going The feel for. kind of reminded me of um, that album Charlemagne by Christopher Lee. Oh, fuck. That album's good as hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the one where Christopher Lee is, like, singing metal at a wizard's, like, forest. I- In a wizard's voice, yes. And he's... <laughs> yes. He's, um... Uh, and the lives of the Saxon men. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I shed the blood of the Saxon men. I shed the blood of 4,000 Saxon men. Okay, but if... If Lou Reed had become a wizard, and <laughs> like this was, we were going for some like pagan Nordic, you know, mythology thing. I would be down for that. I do yeah, not. Yeah, but see, the problem is, is just like a weird old guy masturbating into a corner. Uh, yeah, but he's not a wizard. <laughs> At least if he's a wizard, he might have something for me that's not come. Yeah, exactly. Like Gogurt. Well, welcome to <laughs> Lou Reed's come corner. Like, hmm. It's like, do you want cum? Do you want heroin? Do you want cum-covered heroin? He's got you covered there. He has. That's... He's got the heroin covered, too. Yep. With cum. <laughs> I do not like this man. I I don't like... I mean, listen. Lurid's... I'm going to say, like, out of the Velvet Underground songs I like, I like the John Cale tracks more, so... Yeah, I I, yeah. I do respect him, but I'm, I don't know if I necessarily like him as a person. And I feel like... I feel in a similar way to Metallica, like, less so. Because I think they're, like, slightly less awful. They're just rich people. Yeah. I do like that vocal thing that James Hetfield does, where he turns all the vowels, like, in the, in his words into, like, really long growling noises. Yeah. Like, I'm the aggressor! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he's a, he is actually a really talented singer. He just has a way that people don't necessarily care for, but, like, it, it works for what he does. Exactly. Jinx. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't know, I'm trying to think if I have anything more to say about this one, because we have a lot to get through. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, do we want to move on to Pumping Blood? We can move on to Pumping Blood. Off the pump. Of the thing, the blood that I'm pumping away. If I pump blood in the sunshine, and you wear a leather box with azaleas, and I pump more blood, and it seeps through my skin, will you adore the river, the stream, the trickle, the tributary of my heart, as I pump more blood, and it seeps through my skin, will you adore the river? I'm sorry for blowing air straight into the microphone, but that's kind of what this song is. This is this is terrible. Um, we yeah. are bringing. Um, if I waggle my ass like a dark prostitute, would you think less of me? <laughs> I thought he was saying dog. Um, I did too. I was like, "What's a dog prostitute, Mister Reed?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I think yeah, I just, like, I, I spaced out the word. I just heard waggle my ass like a prostitute the first time. And I'm like, um, excuse me? Yeah. Excuse me? There's <laughs> Pardon me? a lot of uh, misogyny and racist lyrics in this album, and that's probably one of the milder ones. Hey, excuse yeah, me. Do you guys mind did, if did I... Did you read Not Learn from <laughs> Walk on the Wild Side that you shouldn't use the word colored? Uh, like yeah, I exactly. feel like I feel like he's been over this like a full forty years ago. Hey Matt, do you mind if I uh, <laughs> I will swallow your sharpest cutter like a coloured man's dick? Mm. Hey, Blood you... spurting from me. 
<laughs> what is that in reference to? Like, so it's about Jack. It's about Jack that. the Ripper. That's okay. the Jack in the song because there's like a oh Jack I beseech you, and apparently Jack the Ripper shows up in these plays. Um, right. But yeah. Well, it's like it's basically saying like you will stab me like I suck dick, like that's 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 the swallow. That's about as. But then he decides to emphasize that it's a non-white man. Oh yeah, because she's. I mean, she. I mean, presumably Lulu's white. She's wild. So she's got. If she just sucked a white man's dick, then you know. That wouldn't be edgy That's enough. That's normal. <laughs> but no, she's taking a walk on the wild side. See, so there we go. I see, Well, here's the thing with me and Matt here is Matt gets his dick swallowed like a knife and I go... David, I guess I'm sorry that makes you Lou Reed. I'm going to have to edit in parts of that song too. <laughs> to this to this uh, episode, I think. I mean, at least that song was like what the seventies. This is in two thousand and eleven. Yeah, yeah. There, there really isn't any any redeeming qualities uh, about at least the words of this of this song. I, I mean, I don't think it sounded great either. I don't know if that is just focusing on the lyrics, but um, yeah. Okay, we're talking about the way he, um, in heavy air quotes, sings on this song. Um, the stream, the trickle, the tributary of my heart is saying in the most grating way I can think. And I can't even reproduce it. I don't even know if I want to try. It's like the tributary you... of my heart. <laughs> it's like if Bob Dylan was a pop punk singer. It's like if Lou Reed was trying to do a James Hetfield impression. It, that's probably what was happening. And it's like, Lou, you are 69 Will years old. you adore old. the river? <laughs> Like, is it just, it's just him, like, it's it's bleeding out, right? That's what yeah. that whole jo- long-ass yeah. line is. Will you he adore also, like, the river? He's also doing, like, a Droopy the Dog impression at the same time. <laughs> I mean, that's just... Will you adore the river? <laughs> that's just the heroine. I, listen, you can tell this is an old, old man who's had a pretty uh, rough life. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> Okay, so, like, my issue is he's singing... Okay, let's say we're listening to, like, any sort of metal song and they're saying fucked up lyrics. Like, at least they're doing it with a bit of passion. This really is, like, I'm asleep. You woke Grandpa up from his nap. And here's what I have to say to you, kiddo. (laughs) And he was having a dream about a murdered prostitute. Yeah, this is when your grandpa says, like, when he starts talking about what happened in the war, when he gets a bit too drunk, and you're like... This is your grandpa talking about getting banned from Twitter, and he's like, Jack, I beseech you! Jack, I beseech you! Unban my Twitter! I promise I won't kill Ray Romano! I beseech you! <laughs> that's that's what Laura Loomer was saying the entire four hours that she was uh, handcuffed to Twitter. Yeah, she was, <laughs> Jack, I beseech you! If, or if you just played this album on repeat, then ah, uh, if only she sh- if she swallowed Jack Sharpest Cutter. <laughs> Fuck Laura Loomer. It's my my stance. I've, I I think that's all of that's our stance. That's the official stance of this podcast. Yeah. Official noise space political alignment. So, yeah, 
I don't know. This is draining. I don't want to talk about this song anymore. No. It's it's like Hurt by Johnny Cash minus the everything. <laughs> minus, like, if Johnny Cash, again, wasn't even talking about himself. Yeah, like, minus the inherent talent of Johnny Cash. <laughs> this is a Johnny Cash stan. Like, <laughs> hate Laura Luma, love Johnny Cash. Yeah, this is Johnny Cash cast now. <laughs> Mistress Dread. And a train. Stay cold, but make a heart stay light. That echoes through my brain. You're perfect. So, this was the one I hated the most. <laughs> it's, it's like they're trying their hand at like noise, I suppose. Uh, it just sounded horrible to me. I don't know why. It's it's them doing speed metal again, which is what Metallica started out doing. Yeah, but they're good okay. at that. I <laughs> am a secret lover. I am your little girl. Please split into my mouth. I'm forever in your swirl. First of all, girl and swirl, terrible rhyme. Hate it. The, most this, <laughs> really don't like that. Most of this, most of these lyrics do not rhyme, and then when they do, they're terrible. Like, that rhyme makes me want to hurl. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Good one. <laughs> like, I will say, so I, I mean, Metallica, yeah, they did a lot of speed metal, but they did it well. Like, I will say Kill em All, fun album. It's fun. Um, this is just unpleasant to me. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't work. And the lyrics, I do not care for them. <laughs> It it does really underscore the whole feeling of Lou Reed wasn't actually there, even though he was. <laughs> yeah. See, the problem is that Lou Reed was taking the wrong drugs to do speed metal. Oh, <laughs> he wasn't taking speed metal. No, yeah. oh, these are these are two people who did vastly different drugs. Yeah, it was like Lou Reed saw that butterfly that said "Bring back '80s speed metal," but he didn't know how to do it. Is is this speed metal? <laughs> I will say like that's just like it's two 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 different eras of meme right there. Hell yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the other thing is like, okay, so this is a man singing from the perspective of like a woman who's in a a, a vastly different place than him socially and you know politically, and it's just the grossest thing. Like every time, I mean, a lot of the time in the song he says, "I'm a little girl, I'm a woman, and I like men." And it's like yeah, it's it's not good. No, because you could tell that the only the only women involved in the creation of this album were the ones playing like viola and violin. Yeah, and we're not involved in any creative decisions, and you can tell. No, Lou Reed for a dollar. Name a woman. <laughs> <laughs> An alive woman. Because an alive is... woman with no Nazi ties. Oh, <laughs> good old Nico. Good old Nico, eh? <laughs> Okay. Ice Tony? To make life hold and make it stick. Not running heat. That's flames in out, but the proud piece of ice that always floats. Ice Tony. Ice Tony. 
If I can't trap a butterfly or a bee. This is the other yeah, song where I, I felt like it kind of worked. I, yeah, I thought not lyrically because as as I said, I was listening in mostly a fi- like mostly kind of a haze, and I was just trying to get the feel of the instrumental. But it felt like the least dissonant to me. Yeah, yeah. I written in my notes that it sounds like loading music in a metal game. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like like in Brutal Legend or something. Yes, like or if Guitar Hero Metallica couldn't get the rights to Metallica songs and they had to make up their own ones. I'm looking at the lyrics now, and it is it is just nonsense. Yeah, I didn't hate these lyrics because they were nonsense and not just like purposely repellent and disgustingly sexual. Yeah, yeah. It's like I feel like if the whole album kind of went for allegorical poetic lyrics rather than direct lyrics about gendered violence, then it might be a bit less gross. Yeah, gendered violence against sex workers. You know, the people who are most likely to get it. Yeah, that's like, Like, fine. see if the ice was... The, the see if the ice would melt for you line, uh, as sung by both Lou Reed and James Hetfield, was like the fact that they were singing at the same time uh, and it didn't sound completely like garbage... It's like it was kind of refreshing. Yeah, it it, it almost kind of it, it felt refreshing, like a nice glass of ice water out of uh, just you know drinking some water out of glass, like an an ice oh with a bit of lemon and honey. Mmm, <laughs> just a little bit of honey, iced honey, if you yeah. will. Oh, a little iced honey lemonade. Well, maybe no lemon. We'll see. Now, let's see if the ice will melt for you. I'm going to make one of those after I'm done recording this episode. Ooh. Yeah, anyone want some fucking iced honey to go with this? Oh, official drink. I'm. Do you know what? Okay, what about whiskey, honey, maybe some muddled up rosemary or orange peel, and then lots of ice. That sounds nice. Yeah, that, that's that's the iced honey. Okay, official we made drink. official cocktail. <laughs> this is kind of an arena rock ballad song. There's... A lot more rhythmic connection between everything. It, mm-hmm. It's got a hook, which so far has been absolutely missing from this album. Yeah, I don't know if you could call the small town girl a hook, <laughs> but <laughs> I thought I thought it got better towards the end. We'll we'll get to it. I think a lot of my issues with like even beyond the lyrics. Okay, I have an issue with every song. Like the sound of it is just so repetitive. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be like I know Metallica can make better music, but it just is over and over and over again because they need to fill this like ten minute space. I do like that the only annotation for this song on Genius is "but the proud piece of ice that always floats," and the annotation reads, "Ice is lighter than water, and as a result, will float unless it is forced down." And the annotation is unreviewed. <laughs> <laughs> I like two years later. Yes, I like. I, I might have to mark this one as it's a stretch. I like the idea <laughs> that someone has never had ice in a drink, never seen ice, is unaware that ice even exists, but knows about. They're this probably album from California and wants to check the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, no, they're just from California, where like they don't have to live several months of the year being extremely cold, and that's why they're like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a lot of things in California which means why they're like that. Yeah. They just they haven't been humbled by the elements. No, that's true. And it shows. That's why you're so humble. Because it's fucking cold <laughs> in Canada. 
Yeah, it was extremely cold, and I was still outside playing Pokemon Go for several hours yesterday. <laughs> for the love of all things fraggable. It's farkin' cold in here. Nuts. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think that's it for Ice Tunny. That's it for Ice Tunny. Let's cheat on me. Why do I cheat on me? Why? Come on. Why do I cheat on me? And I'm saying liked. I don't think I really liked anything. I'm just saying I didn't hate this. I thought it was fun. I could see myself maybe listening to this if I smoked a little yeah. ganja. Why do I cheat on <laughs> thee? Why do I cheat on me? Because again, I think what you're saying. Why about them do I desecrate together. me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this is the, probably the um the most boring lyrics. Uh. They are. But that's also good because then he doesn't have a chance to get absolutely disgusting with his words like he does everywhere else on the album. They also—it feels like uh, they had him on a leash for this one. <laughs> they also rhyme, <laughs> but not sexually. No, <laughs> yeah. metaphorical leash. Uh, the lyrics also rhyme, which is good. They're the most basic ones, but they're there. He rhymed me with me. Uh huh. Uh, we have. Mine and mind, which I think is a stretch. Uh, break and take. Heart and a Soul and whole. <laughs> Soul and whole. Uh, oh, it's just like the Nightman musical. <laughs> yeah, this is... Oh my... This is... This is Lou Reed's Nightman. <laughs> the Nightman Fighter of the day, man. Chase <laughs> Hatch was like, Ah! <laughs> you have to pay the troll toll to save the boy's soul. Uh, the 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 instrumentation of this song is is pretty interesting to me like the start of it is really kind of post-rock uh like with just strings and yeah yeah yeah, guitar it's kind of like uh like talk talk e or like bark psychosis's uh album hex yeah the session musicians really kind of get their chance to do things in this song Mm -hmm. which is nice to hear yeah i seem like everyone was kind of collaborating a little bit more on this one it wasn't like they were in the same room but they weren't all wearing earplugs so they couldn't hear each other which is what that what i imagine they're doing in all the other songs yeah yeah and they have like those Uh, horse blinders on this also does contain the lyrics of why do i piss my dreams that's fine you think lurid was an adult bedwetter uh probably (laughs) An adult teen bedwetter. <laughs> He's an adult baby teen bedwetter. I would not be surprised if he was an adult baby. That should have been the title of this album. <laughs> would have made more sense. Would have been more cohesive. So this al- this not this album, this song is, what, about 10 minutes long? 11 minutes? Oh yeah, it's about f- mm, 7 minutes longer than it needs to be. I think this is where I lost it. This is where I lost the thread. <laughs> Yeah. Because I don't remember anything after this. <laughs> uh, well, but what are we going to do when we get to, to talking about his junior dad? Oh, God. I'll look at the lyrics. Okay. Um, 
Would you say you're frustrated? Oh god. Is that the next song? Oh god, it is. You're feeling less hard, but you stimulate the hatred smolders in your eyes. I drop to my knees in a second to salivate in your thighs. But all I do is fall over. I don't have the strength I once had in you, and your prickless lover and his easel in his eyes. I feel a pain. Frustration. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate this song. Frustration. Spamless, like a girl. <laughs> you and your prickless lover. <laughs> I'm like, we get it. A sword between my thighs. I wish that I could kill you, but I do love your eyes. It's because he's old and his dick don't work no more. Yeah, it's he's frustrated about his dick and sex in general, and it's incredibly vitriolic and angry and sad. And it made me very uncomfortable to listen this to. This is the anthem for, like, broke dicks. This is this is the impotence anthem. And that shouldn't exist. Broke That's dick right. anthem. No, oh, wow. <laughs> like, this is, this is the time where I went, oh, he's not, he's not singing about the play no more. This is just being frustrated that yeah, his no. dick doesn't work anymore. Because he's a 70-year-old yeah, no. man. And that's what happens, sadly. But they they made Viagra. They do. And a lot of people get Viagra subsidized because that's how the healthcare system works in America. Because you can get your you get your Viagra subsidized and you can't get your your can't get your birth- hygiene products. You can't get your, your birth uh, control. No, you can't get your birth control, which maybe you're not even taking because you're having sex. Maybe you're taking it because you have other medical issues. And even if you were having sex, there's nothing wrong with that. Anyway. I really don't like the imagery of a dick being a sword. Like, I know that's kind of like the whole point of swords. It's, is that they're like a phallic extension of male like fragility. In, yeah, it's like in Seven where he fucked her to death. Yeah. He like, made me yeah. fuck her. Unless a lesbian has a sword, in which case it's valid. Who? Yeah, a sword. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is true. I've, I really feel like women are, should only have swords. Men can't have any weapons, because they're all phallic. So... Did, was Lou Reed a sword collector? What's the most yonic <laughs> weapon? Mm. I'm trying to think of it, and I can't think of it. Like a glove. Like a gauntlet, maybe. Like a gauntlet. Like the... Like, sh- <laughs> if we're talking like, the, like a jackhammer, just, just by, <laughs> by shape of a jackhammer... It's got like that kind of uterine shape. Okay. But it's still very phallic. Exactly. I mean, Mars and Venus, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, I mean. I'm sure there's some song out there called My Uterus is a Jackhammer. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't want to. I mean, speaking as the only person here who has one. I don't want my uterus to be jackhammering anything. I want it to chill the fuck out. I just want it to not do anything. Um, I would say, I mean, that's the other thing, is maybe maybe he's talking from Jack the Ripper's perspective. That's the only thing I can really grasp at, because there is a, there is a thing of, like, a lot of serial killers are often impotent. Yeah. So, I cry icicles. I, cry icicles. I wish that I could kill you, but I do love your eyes. I want you as my wife, spermless like a girl. Interesting. Um, mm. I don't care for it. 
casual, casual transmisogyny there. Yep. Yeah. I also hate the word sperm, and I hate the word sperm less even more. You think I'm... that the lack of sperm would make it better, but mm. it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you'd think for someone like who's... Like so a... much in life. You would think for someone who is a known chaser that they would have a bit more tact, but obviously that's not true, because he was a known chaser. I don't think that Lee has ever had tact. <laughs> No. Is there anything musically interesting about this song? Because I don't remember anything except the really bad words. No, I mean uh, it's a bit heavier. Kiss your br- kiss your breasts and toes. <laughs> just go. That's a little bit of a jump there. Yeah, you just go. You're like, oh, he's making his making his way down, and then he skips straight to your toes. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, and she got feet. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, goes right for it. He goes right for them little them little pinkies. It okay. goes for the piggies. Now I'm imagining Lou Reed sucking on my toes, so we need to skip. <laughs> uh, what's next? Little dog. It's time for the little dog. If you got the money, you can go to the top. The female dog don't care what you got. As long as you can raise that little doggy face to a cold-hearted pussy, you could have a taste. Uh, so, if Lou Reed was alive today, he would be on Twitter proclaiming that he did not fuck his dog, he did not come on his dog, he never would have <laughs> fucked his dog, uh, and he's really sorry for the joke he made. This, this is the one where... Uh, I was talking about earlier that I that I got some strong virgin slash Chad vibes because <laughs> this is definitely a song about being jealous of alpha males to me. Oh yeah, I like, really maybe he used to be a Chad and now he's not. I hate every single word I'm looking at on my screen right now. <laughs> I so this song is a lot. Correct me if I'm wrong. This song was like a bit slower, a bit more strings, right? Yeah, it's another kind of post-Rocky type situation. Yeah, I'm... It should not be that. This song should be over as quickly as possible. Oh, yeah. But I was listening to this song <laughs> the other day. I was kind of tired, um, and I sort of had my eyes closed. And then I got to one line and immediately jolted up out of my bed. Like, <laughs> I, I... Was it a puny body and a tiny dick? A little dog can make you sick? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might have been little doggy face to a cold-hearted pussy. Well, that's that's next. That's uh, the- you could have a taste. <laughs> you could is the thing. The female dog don't care what you got. As long as yep. you can raise that little doggy face. Oh, man. To a cold-hearted pussy, you could have a taste. Can run his tongue over the hot in trot. What is that? that that's a bad sentence. Yeah. Like, structurally, and also just in the words that it just made me say. Mm-hmm. Lou Reed's last dog before he died was named Stacy. <laughs> That's not I a name really for a dog. That. That's not a dog's name. <laughs> you sniff your shit in the wind. Follow me around, pathetic little dog. This is... Yeah, a, this is... This is very Venus in furs. This is... Someone... Someone got pegged. Anyway. I think so. <laughs> Lou Reed gets pegged once, writes decades of this <laughs> shit. 
far. I think that's really all there is to say about this song. It's 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 another one where it's just one idea that he had one day, and he sat down and wrote eighty lines about it. Yeah, this and sent it to sent it to James Hetfield, going, "How about this shit?" He uh, wrote eighty eight lines about one woman. This is. <laughs> Yeah, this is his Jordan Peterson lobster moment, I think. I think it's, an, it's, it's a metaphor. Um, Lou Reed's trying to tell you to clean your room. Because he came all over it. <laughs> no. Uh, speaking... So I watched uh, an interview that Lars Ulrich did, like, a couple of years ago. Where he was on a show called That Metal Show, which was mm, seemed quite terrible. It had three interviewers. Like, why God do you need three interviewers? So Were they all white guys? everyone was white everyone in the audience was white (laughs) everyone in there was white and 40 at least and a man uh and probably like a 50 percent neo-nazi quotient that's the thing with metal is like metallica aren't like that but you never know what you're gonna get you never know if you're gonna have oh oh i like this band oh i'm sorry the the bassist did a a nazi salute yeah Okay, cool. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say before any metalheads get up in my banshees. Um, yes, there is very good anti-fascist metal. It exists. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. There. Yeah. There's there's like political metal and there's non-political. Um, and then there's metal that's just like about Lord of the Rings. Which, uh, yeah, that's what metal should be about. Frankly, uh, it should all be about Lord of the Rings and a Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> and sometimes starring characters from Lord of the Rings. Yes. Yeah. Um, so basically, Lars was talking, and he said, "You know, uh, we were, it was kind of weird, but like we're not going to turn down Lou Reed." And that seems <laughs> that tracks. That, that tracks so every, well. <laughs> everything made sense. That these guys were just, you know, kind of maybe a bit starstruck, and we're like, "Holy shit, it's Lou Reed! He wants to work with us. Why does he want to work with us? I don't know. Just do what he says." <laughs> It's like the opposite of Collision Course, where uh, Mike Shinoda was just really excited to work with Jay-Z, and Jay-Z's like, well, he's a big fan, and he's famous, so I guess I'll do it. Oh, okay. Well, oh, that's the other thing. (laughs) So, uh, they were up at the end, these fucking white guys. They were like, oh, yeah, I'm just glad you didn't do an album with Jay-Z. Oh, uh, uh, Mm. uh, mm, uh, mm. I honestly think a Jay-Z and Metallica album would work. I also think a Metallica... And well, especially if it was like if it was like Black Album mashups. I yeah. mean, I'm pretty sure someone's already made that. No, someone actually did make that. It's called the Double Black Album. Oh, good. That actually exists. Someone made it. Well, I should listen yeah, to that. Yeah, me too. Um, because I feel like, yeah, I feel like they have a bit more in common. And rapper metal always seems to work. Well, yeah, especially when it's... Um, Fuck, what's the name of it? What's the what's the the rap producer that's got the big beard? Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. <laughs> yeah, it's a Rick Rubin joint. So, of course it works with metal. Exactly. And I also I wrote this on Twitter and no one interacted cuz they're fake. Um but Lady Gaga and Metallica performed at the Grammys and I on and I think it worked. Oh no, that was good. That slapped. Uh so I would love a Lady Gaga Metallica crossover. I'd love face to face cheek to cheek that was it cheek to cheek lulu too so that's my official stance <laughs> what have we got left so uh dragons a dragon yeah let's talk about dragon now this one should have been about lord of the rings it should have been poor pitiful creature 
The winner in heartbreak The winner in caring Instead, it was about the smell of your armpit, the taste of your vulva, and everything on it. We all really love you. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> you're in your Kotex jukebox. <laughs> That's such a bad line. What is a Kotex juke? So, okay, but what if it was box? a Kotex juice box? Oh, he's like <laughs> Edward from Twilight. He's just putting a tampon and tea and drinking it. What? <laughs> <laughs> I well, I don't think Kotex really existed the same way when Lulu was written. But go off. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I know they were like one of the first like sanitary towel companies. Well, I'm, I'm doing a Google. I'm doing a Google. We're going. Oh, okay. There. We're going to the Kotex Wikipedia. Pull it up. Pull up <laughs> them receipts. Let's call out this dead man. A Kotex newspaper advertisement from 1920. Okay. Okay. So that's around when they started. All so right. now when was Lulu the play written? I don't... I think like 1904. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think this is just another example of, uh, of Lou Reed doing his own weird self-insert that has nothing to do with the source material. Oh my god. Oh, the original OC... That is disgusting. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah. You're It's Lulu fan fiction starring <laughs> Lou Reed. Lulu Reed. Yeah. That's what I thought it was named after. I thought he named it after yeah, himself same. for a long time. Yeah. Uh the music of this um isn't actually terrible to me. Um like there's kind of a repeated pattern to it that makes me think um it made me think of Slint. Okay. okay. See, like, I feel for... like Slint is what this thing could have gone for, this whole album. Yeah. And it would have possibly been good in that case. The thing is that Slint's lyrics aren't completely repellent. No, I'm not. No. Too... I mean, they're nonsense, but. <laughs> I'm not too yeah, familiar with Slint. They just had Slint. Brian McMahon sitting in his car listening to the tape and going, I think this word would sound good here. <laughs> Let's sing about a carnival now. That would have been good, I think. I don't know about good. Um, well, so the thing is, is that that album is a guy dissonantly talking over post-rock and yet manages to be good. But I feel like it's yeah. one of the few albums that has managed this. Yeah, this is a really, like, fine line to walk. To and get... this, this album, like, Lulu came out 20 years later and did not manage it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. There is that guitar solo, quote-unquote, which is just... Uh, rubbing the strings uh, up and down with some effects on it. They let Lou Reed do that one because he really wanted to try to jerk off the guitar. <laughs> He's like, Kirk, Kirk, can I try? And yeah, and then he bought a new guitar after that, I think. <laughs> Kirk, can I make the guitar come? <laughs> He's like, yes. Yeah, I need to find my guitar center. Um... And then Junior Dad, speaking of. The greatest disappointment. The greatest disappointment. Age withered him and changed him. Into Junior Dad. Yeah. It's 
time for the song called Junior Dad, which is the best title on the album. <laughs> By far. It may also be the best song on the album. Yeah. I th- okay, so I, I told everyone in the, uh, in the Discord that this song made me cry. Uh, yeah. Because I felt like, okay, first of all, I was just going through something. Um, I mean, same. When I was listening to the whole album, I was, like, kind of crying, but that's just because my brain doesn't work this whole weekend. Yeah. And it couldn't it couldn't process Small Town Girl being yelled at it. <laughs> what? <laughs> so it just decided that crying was the answer. Yeah. Sometimes it'd be like that. And, like, I watched the live performance of it which was about 10 minutes shorter, thank Christ. Um, <laughs> and it also, like, it was weird to see them all playing together. And you could tell that Metallica were really humbled and they seemed, they were, like, quiet and there was very low energy from everyone. And it was all about Lou. And, you and like, they were all holding back tears. All these, like, yeah. rough... Like, older guys, you know, fucking tough and beer-swilling macho chads. And, well, not Lars, he's kind of ugly. But, (laughs) (laughs) he did date Naomi Campbell, though, so he's got something for him. He's got something, apparently. (laughs) Apparently. Um, But they're holding back these tears, and they're, like, they just seem kind of very emotional. And it's, like, a very weird energy just going off of everything. Okay, the line, say hello to Junior Dad, the greatest disappointment, age withered him and changed him. Um, this part of the lyrics is said to have made guitarist James Hetfield and Kirk Hammett cry, and that they were just, like, sobbing in the kitchen hearing the line, say hello to Junior Dad. It's obviously, like, a really affecting topic for them. Yeah. Like, mm. I looked up uh, kind of, like, James Hetfield's backstory to kind of get some insight on it, and... He had, like, a childhood where he was raised by parents that did not believe in medicine. Oh. And so his his mother died when the, when he was really young because they wouldn't give her treatment. That's sad. That's, yeah, that that's really horrible. Sad. And so, like, yeah, I could, I could see that, you know, that this kind of situation is more of, like, a universal feeling among the whole band. And maybe that's why the song came together better. And I think, I think they're all probably parents as well i don't know about lou reed but that's a that's a feeling we can all relate to of this sort of disappointing our parents and our parents disappointing us and the cycle of you know raising children and having your own family that's something which i think everyone is it's a touchy subject i mean everyone is everyone's been a child at some point everyone's been a child probably you had a dad it was probably not the greatest. Um, Just statistically speaking. Statistically speaking, if yeah. you had a dad, he probably sucked. Um, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I can, I can understand. That. I can find a bit of, you know, something to relate to with this, as opposed to like getting stabbed in the pussy or whatever. Yeah, and I'm looking at like the lyrics of this one are probably the least repellent on the album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a song. Except for maybe just saying why do I cheat on thee over and over again for 10 minutes. <laughs> but like get the coffee, turn the lights on, say hello to Junior Dad. The thing about that line is that you could have it in like a jaunty song. 
and with those lyrics wouldn't seem out of place just because of the line junior dad yeah. <laughs> say hello to junior dad yeah no that's a wiggles song <laughs> the greatest is it's a wiggles song about the boss baby aid withered him and changed him junior dad yummy yummy into junior dad psychic savagery <laughs> no that's just a flaming lips song now no we 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 captured wayne coin he's in the water tower right now wayne coin is arrested oh good yeah that's what he deserves <laughs> so yeah this is i think probably the most touching song um probably is the best and i understand what the article the pitchfork article was going on about you're like wow this album could have all been like this <laughs> it could have all been good really it could have but, if they had just kind of not gone with the the concepts that they were thinking of it it could have been and they, and if they had spent more time just making these songs as opposed to just letting Lou Reed do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. I feel like uh, Junior Dad is where, like, the one point came from, at least as far as Stuart Berman goes. Because, yeah, his uh, the last paragraph of the review, uh, remarkably, there's a light at the end of this dark, despairing tunnel, and not coincidentally is the song least connected to the Lulu concept. Clocking in at an absurd 19 minutes, Junior Dad is, like almost everything else, too long by half, with its last eight minutes taken up by an extended string drone, but despite its laughable title, Junior Dad possesses everything the rest of Lulu doesn't. A graceful, affecting melody, a logical arrangement, a pretty guitar line, a sympathetic narrator, and most importantly, a true synthesis of each principal's strengths, outfitting a Reed Streetwise hymn with Metallica stadium-sized crunch. It's like Street Hustle refashioned as a Black Album power ballad. It makes I'm... sense, yeah. There's like It momentarily redeems the idea of a Lou Reed Metallica collaboration as plausible, possibly fruitful concept and yeah of course it's at the end of the album <laughs> yeah yeah so it's it's kind of them saying you know you waited for this we here here's the one that we worked on and the rest of them we didn't really oh but here you go yeah it's like the worst foreplay you can imagine <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> if after all of that you still want to fuck it's gonna be good Oh, yeah. Yeah, once you're actually fucking, it's like, bingo, bango. But then the whole lead up, like, you're on a date, and then, like, he spits in your food, and... Uh, <laughs> He's readjusting his balls the entire dinner. <laughs> it's terrible. And then you're... And, actually... like, not even on the outside of the pants. He's oh. putting his hands right down them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's... He orders a steak and asks for the sharpest cutter. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking in a faux Cockney accent the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he's he's ordering food and he's like, "Yes, can I please have your coldest pussy?" <laughs> he's licking it. He's, uh, he, he licks all the food very suggestively, but doesn't eat yeah. any of it. Uh, he touches all the table bread without eating any of it. Mm. <laughs> this is terrible. He left a very so... bad tip afterwards. <laughs> He does have a very bad tip, is the thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm also just looking at the bottom of the article, because like I was reading that last paragraph, and there are links to best new reissue reviews of And Justice for All and Master of Puppets, uh, which respectively got 9.3 and 10 from Pitchfork. 
Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's obvious the editorial staff here is not really blaming Metallica for this situation. No, I... Yeah, no, they... they well, it's like... The thing about Pitchfork Best New Reissue reviews is that they are generally more favorable because they have, like, you know, the benefit of hindsight. I have no doubts that if Master of Puppets uh, came out in a time where Pitchfork existed, that it probably would have just gotten a savagely bad review from Ryan Schreiber, personally. Yeah, like a four. Yeah. I. That's the, so that's Lulu. That is that's Lulu. Lulu. <laughs> that's Lulu. That is Lulu. Oh. For anyone uh, who listened to the album as homework, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you, you didn't have to do that. Um, I really wish you didn't. <laughs> Yeah, that that's our job. You you can you can sit back and and enjoy just the thirty seconds of each song that I'm editing in, and 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 that's really enough. It's eighty seven minutes album, long. It's eighty seven Christian minutes. <laughs> eighty seven Gregorian minutes. <laughs> yeah, nothing about this is Christian. This is it's the least Christian. This is black. Like that doesn't even fit on one CD. No album should be longer than eighty minutes. If it can't fit on one CD, then put some of it away. Unless you're Joanna Newsom. I was gonna say, unless you're a woman, then I want to hear everything. Men like have one on me. I'm still <laughs> listening to it ten years later, but like it could be longer. Yeah. Yeah. Have one additional CD on me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I I'd say. For me, 1.0 is a little bit on the harsh side, um, just because, you know, there there are incredibly, really bad, misogynistic, racist lyrics on the whole album, but musically, it's, it's adequate. I'd say it's adequate. I, I'd give it maybe a three. Mm, I wouldn't. i yeah i don't i mean junior dad by itself i think is good i think a couple of these songs are serviceable i really can't like the lyrical just all of it the repetitive the repetitive music the terrible terrible lyrics i really struggle to give it more than a one um, Junior Dad is a full 22% of the album, and it's the only thing that's good, <laughs> so I give this album a 2.2. Okay. <laughs> and and that's our uh, our new rating system for, yeah, <laughs> for like, this Yeah, like, mathematically, podcast. it was 22% of the album, so... Okay. Yeah, the percentage of the album that... by time... I, that was good. <laughs> I think I think that is fair. I think you're right in that. I think that's a fair assessment. It, it could Junior Dad could have been split up into a couple of songs. Yeah, like if it was in like movements. Mm. Yeah, like Junior Dad it's... Part One, Baby Dad, and then Junior Dad <laughs> Part Two, Teen Dad, and then we could have Junior Dad Part Three, Old Dad. Oh, Benjamin Button Dad. Yeah. Oh, Benjamin Aged Dad. Aged Dad. This is a this is is an old dad. This is a (laughs) really refined dad. Just an old dad. My dad's sixty this year, so that's just an old dad. My This is the second album we've done on this show where the last song is a whole side of an album. And I'm wondering if that is gonna start being a theme. No, it just has to keep happening. I hope not. We don't need songs that are that long. I mean, Impossible Soul does slap, so mm. it's allowed. And Junior Dad's the best song on this album, so what's the truth? 
Okay, we'll never really <laughs> I'm not know. Gonna, I'm not going to edit in five pieces of this song like I did for Impossible Soul. Okay, well, I think that's everything, is it? I think that's everything. Yeah. Everything. Uh, so yeah, long, long and short, uh, you don't have to listen to this. I mean, if you're a fan of either of them, I feel like it's an interesting thing to listen to just to see what the fuck happened. But yeah. you could do that once, and then you're good. Mm. I know there are people who absolutely own this album on vinyl, and just thinking about that gives me an aneurysm. Yeah, that's <laughs> unnecessary by far. Like, just like the people who own metal machine music on vinyl. That album <laughs> That album was made to piss people off on purpose. This album was made to piss people off on accident. And that's why Pitchfork loves metal machine music so much. <laughs> Thanks, Lou Reed. Yeah, the the ultimate troll. <laughs> the absolute boy, Lou Reed. <laughs> he he he's a true ledge. Legend. I uh He's he's laying on the floor, the absolute legend. <laughs> <laughs> In I don't know. Mm, are we gonna say heaven? Uh, I think Lou Reed is in purgatory. <laughs> yeah, he's he's working on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's with all the babies making music. Well, I think there really isn't much more to say here. So, <laughs> I mean, what did we uh, say much? I mean, we kind of just went mad. I feel like we we said a lot about. We've come a long way. I'm just going to say, my, my brain has been fully broken this entire weekend, and talking about this album, I think, made it better, because at least I'm not the lyrics to this album. Yeah. <laughs> that is kind of inspiring, in a way. Yeah, the lyrics to this album made my mental illness go away, because I, it's not as bad as it. I mean, you know, be as mentally ill as you want. Uh, I don't think I would ever think of doing this, so... No. I, <laughs> In my in my moments of pure, unadulterated, like, haze, I don't think I'm thinking of, you know, swallowing your sharpest cutter like a colored man's <laughs> dick. I think what it really comes down to is, as bad as this album was, it was not Metallica's fault. No. And that's what most yeah. people would think when they see the bad review for this album, I think. People have, like... I like a critical reverence for Lou Reed that would make them think that the badness was Metallica's fault, but I want to state unequivocally that it was not. Even what? though James Hetfield is the table. He is. <laughs> Poor... <laughs> that. Leave the table. James, the table Hetfield alone. Leave table Hetfield alone. That's the, yeah, that's the, final, the final words. Um, so, this has uh, been another episode of tuning <laughs> fork um you can uh you can follow the show uh on twitter at at tuning forkcast uh i'm david you can follow me on twitter at at d-a-v-v-v-e-s and uh yeah that's uh pretty much it as far as my active social media life goes these days i'm matt you can find me online at matt gcn or future sushi pretty much anywhere Okay, well, I'm Alex. Um, you can listen to me on Seagulls Make Do. Uh, and Henry Kister is back on Going to Die, but I'm usually on Seagulls. And <laughs> then you can follow me on Tumblr at Dork Phoenix and Twitter at Dork Phoenix 69. Nice. Nice. 
Alex did a uh, a really good uh, extra episode of uh, HKIP recently, which I think is just available to subscribers of the Patreon about uh, racism in fashion. I listened to it the other day, and uh, I I learned a lot. Oh well, thank you. That yeah, was... donate to the HKIP Patreon. <laughs> Full special content and also give me money. Um, money, yes. please. Oh, well, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed making it. I just wanted to sort of inform people who maybe aren't keeping up to date with the latest fashion news because there's like a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah. It's not all Project Runway. Mm, unfortunately, we can't have everything. We can't have Heidi Klum. <laughs> And Michael, Cor- yeah. I mean, Michael Kors' clothes are disgusting, but <laughs> as far as I know, you don't think he's that despicable. Um, thank you to uh, Nikki Flowers at Yif Police on Twitter for making the album art for the podcast. Uh, and thank you to Animal Style for the use of our theme song, Open Air, from the album Open Air. Uh, you can find all of their music at nmlstyl.com. Man, if only Pitchfork reviewed more chiptune. They really never yeah, did any. One album. <laughs> was it like Anna Managuchi or something? Some... I'm pretty sure, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well. That's podcast. So, that's That is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and as we always say, I had never seen a shooting star. I'd never before. seen a shooting star before. I had never seen a shooting star before. Bye everybody. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha